Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to the Cruise Tips TV Unplugged podcast. Today we are back with another listener Q&A. Welcome to Cruise Tips TV Unplugged. I'm your host, Sherry, and we invite you to join our cruise-loving family as we travel the world creating cruise videos and vlogs. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to help you make every cruise your dream cruise. Well, here we are again. And you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic. <laughs> Did somebody spike your Kool-Aid? No, no, it just, you know, we've got usually... After Christmas, you feel a little bit down. Yeah. But I'm not feeling that. I'm I'm feeling like I want to charge into the new year. Wow. Kind of renewed optimism. I love this. What does that optimism look like? I don't know. I just just feel like, you know, the go-getter right now. That is awesome. Is it too soon to be talking about the new year? I don't know. I just want to take a nap. (laughs) I'm the napper and you're the the charger. I'm just kidding. No, I feel good about it too. I feel like there's a lot that we want to do and there's a lot of travel goals that we have in the coming year too. It's going to be fun. Of course, we have no cruises booked, but it's still going to be, Nothing. it's going to be great. <laughs> it is going to be great. It's going to be great. See, that's like a blank slate though. I, mm-hmm. Isn't like, you know, a blank <sighs> piece of paper kind of exciting to you? Yes. Well, that's what we have. It is very exciting. Very exciting. So we have Q&A going on. We right? have a Q&A going on. And or, or as you like to say lately, a Q&A situation. <laughs> Everything has the word situation at the end of it, right? Yes, that is the word <laughs> of the week. I just had situation. Let's get this podcast situation under control. Yeah, like right? <laughs> everything is situation. I don't know where that came from. Do you guys ever do that though, where you have a word that just sneaks its way into your vocab? I definitely do. I thought you were actually going to wait for a reply there <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> Like they're not going to reply. They're in their vehicle. They're walking their dog. They're, they're cleaning in a their house. listening situation. They're in a listening situation. Yeah. Well, uh, your optimism is making me feel optimistic. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Let's be optimistic. Let's do it. Positive attitude, right? Yeah. yeah. That's us it's, all around. It, it's a real thing. The, yeah. The positive attitude can change the outcome of things. A hundred percent. Really can. But let's roll on let's into roll these on. Yeah. questions we'll and answers because that's why we're here. Do we have any housekeeping? I think we should um, wish everyone a Merry Christmas a few days late. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. It's almost time to say Happy New Year to you as well. So there's that. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Almost New Year. Yes. We will do a fun little look back show soon with a bit of asking each other questions about our travels this year and having some fun with that, but podcast? not yet. Yeah. Podcast. Okay. But Mr. Crucibus said we can't do that until 2024. He's like, can't do a look back in the, in the year. It has to be in the next year. Well, or at least at the very this, end. Of yeah. The year. You were, you were saying this like two weeks ago and it seemed a little soon. 
Hashtag too soon. Too soon. Too soon. So we'll be doing that soon. Reminder, we're doing live streams every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Central. We even did one from Galveston last week. It was difficult. We had tech issues. That's always the case, though. When you're traveling, you just never know. But we did it. And we're back on on Tuesday nights, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. You know, we're always going to have tech issues. And <sighs> it's the funny thing is, it's not us. I, I worked in tech. Yeah. And I, after doing it for several years, I came up with a saying is like, your tech problems never go away. Mm-hmm. They just change. Yeah. And that's the way it is with all this stuff. We're all, there's always going to be something. Yep. Sometime. Yeah. But that's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. We figured it out. Uh, you and Junior were off ice skating, but I figured it out. I just restarted a new stream and we did it and it was fun. For those of you who are wondering if we were down there for a cruise, we weren't and we didn't even get to go see Jubilee. To be honest, guys, a couple of us weren't feeling so great. And so we just had to kind of low key it towards the end of our trip. And we ended up just driving home the day that Jubilee came in, which was a shame. But you have to respect those limitations. And I didn't want to get anybody else sick. So we kind of kept it low, low key. And uh, we're feeling better now, which is good. Questions. Yeah. Let's get let's to them. do it. All right. Eric Fleming says... Are the buses in Juneau the best way to get a group of people to Mendenhall Glacier? $45 a piece adds up for a group of 10. Holy moly, Eric. That is so true. $450, right, Mr. Crucips TV, to get 10 people to Mendenhall Glacier on a bus? That's rough. So what other options does Eric have? Well, there's a couple of things that you could do, Eric. Number one, you could rent a couple of cars. That could be, it's possible that that might be cheaper. You could do it in advance. The other thing that you could do is contact the Mendenhall Glacier bus companies in advance and ask them if they'll sell you discounted tickets for a group. I think 10 people constitutes a group in my opinion. So those would be some strategies that I would try. Now, if anybody else has any tips or tricks on this one, over on Facebook, we had a call for questions. You'll see a picture of me with my headphones on sitting in our podcast studio saying, hey, does anybody have any questions? You'll see Eric's question in there. Go respond if you have another great way for Eric to handle his Mendenhall Glacier situation. I just said situation. <laughs> and it's probably not the last time you're going to say it. Right. It's not. So Eric, thank you for that question. I think that, um, that those are the two best strategies, either car rental or contacting and asking for a discount would be how I would do it. All right. Adrian D says, how do you get other family members excited about a family cruise? Next year, my mom turns 75. We're planning a family cruise. But when I talk about the cruise, it's like no one is excited. Of course, my mother is excited and wants to make matching t-shirts, but the rest of the family, they don't even want to discuss the cruise. I even get mean comments about talking about it too much. Poor Adrian. This makes me so sad, Mr. Cruise Hoops TV. Well, is it, oh. the, is it the cruise or is it the family get together? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what it sounds like. They're 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 either they're not into cruising, right? Or they've never maybe they've never been on a cruise and they just don't know what to expect, or they don't all want to cruise together, or maybe you know maybe they're just stinkers. Adrian, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I'm gonna say, and this is as a people pleaser, this is a really hard thing for me to say to Adrian right now. But this is not your problem. It is not your job. You, you can't force it. No, you can't force them to be excited. What you can do 
is as you get closer to the cruise, you can offer to hold a little Zoom call or a family get together where you answer people's questions. And you might find that once they get closer that they do actually need you a lot more. But right now, maybe it's just too far away and they're not into it. Um, I'll share something that I did when we did a big family cruise one time, a couple things that I did. And again, people do things really differently. But what I did is I made like, um, I made laminated printouts of everybody's room numbers and their names because it got confusing. And we had a little pre-cruise get together. But I'll be honest, a lot of my family was like, they, had, they hadn't really cruised much and they were just kind of meh on the whole thing. And they weren't that excited. So you're not alone, Adrian. They were kind of like, we have to wear formal clothes. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not bringing... I'm not bringing a prom dress for my child. Like they, they were just like, I'm not doing it. So it's okay. It doesn't mean the cruise isn't going to be fun. It just means that, you know, they're, they're in a different place than you are and you're a cruise lover and they're not there yet. So focus on what you can do to have a great time yourself, Adrian. They might never be there. Right. They, believe it or not, there are people who just don't like cruises. Totally. I used to to think that, you know, people who don't like cruises are people who have never been on one, but Mm -hmm. there are, there are people who've been on cruises saying, I just don't like it. It's boring. Yeah. Which I don't really get, but. Right. Cause I I know, I I think that a cruise is what you make of it. Yes. So I don't know. Yeah. I know it's kind of, it's tricky, but Adrian, I'm sorry. I hope that was a, I hope that that gave you at least some comfort in knowing you're not alone. Becky Scott says, going to Alaska in 2024, August 2024, out of Vancouver. What hotel should I stay at the night before and an extra night after that won't break the bank? Okay, Becky, I feel you. And the hotels in Vancouver are so expensive. In my experience, we noticed that too, that they were really pricey. Not only were the hotels expensive, but the flights coming in were really expensive too. Like the difference between flying for us from flying to from Dallas to Vancouver is $900 a person. And then if we, instead, if we flew from Dallas to Seattle, it's $287 a person. So I feel you. So some strategies. Uh, uh, First of all, Becky, if your flight gets in late the night of arrival, what you could do to save money is get a hotel by the airport instead of staying in in Vancouver down by the, down by Canada place, down by where the cruise port is. Hotels by the airport are way less expensive. And that could be one way to do it. That's what we did for our pre-cruise night. We went ahead and did something close to the airport and it was so inexpensive. In fact, we stayed at a Hampton Inn, I believe, near the airport and I think it was $100 or $129. So that's what I would do there if you're getting in late. Now, if you wanna get yourself down by the um, the cruise port, there are options for you. And the key, Becky, is going to be start looking now. So you want to book that hotel now with a refundable fare, but there are very, very many options for you. Um, if you don't have to be right at Canada Place, you if you just cross the street and move up a few blocks, there's so many good options for you. But you might be surprised that some of the prices aren't as bad as you think. For example, I'm looking at I'm looking at a website right now. Actually, let me advance this over to August because I think what I'm doing is I'm looking in January and I'm thinking that the weather's so cold that a lot of people probably are not cruising there as much. So I'm going to go to a Friday night in August instead for Becky and see what I see here. Okay. So yeah, obviously that's going to that's going to bring the prices way up, but not 
not to the point where we can't work with it. So some inexpensive options for you at that time of year, there is there are Hilton properties around the area that aren't down by the water that really bring the price up. So if you did the Hilton Vancouver or the Hilton um, or the or some Hampton Inns in that area, you could do that. There's also even relatively close to Canada Place, a little bit less expensive than say the Pan Pacific, which might be as high as five or $600 that night. If you're just across the street and go up a few blocks, you could stay at the Victorian Hotel for less. There's also the Kingston Hotel. There's a, um, let's see here, what do we have? The Fairmont Hotel Vancouver is about half the price of the um, the Pan Pacific. There's one called the Coast Coal Harbor, Vancouver, that's less expensive, even a day's in across the street from the waterfront down in Vancouver. So you have options, just get yourself booked and get something secured immediately so that you, um, that you can secure a price. But I would look for brands like Hilton, Hampton Inn, Days Inn. There are some that are showing as less expensive during that time, Becky, and have so much fun. Vancouver is beautiful. I'm glad you're staying because it is gorgeous there and I think you're really going to enjoy it. All right. Michelle says, looking for ideas on how to maximize one day in London. Um, So fun. I'm not familiar with your other fjord port that you mentioned, Michelle, but I know that you got some suggestions from a community member on London. Someone said that they stayed at the tower. Oh, it was Wanda. Wanda said she stayed at the Tower Bridge, walked to the river cruise, took a cruise, looked at Big Ben and did pubs along the way. That's a great suggestion. For London, I have some suggestions as well. I would highly recommend, and I know this is really touristy, but I would highly recommend you do the double-decker red buses in London. Um, it is a great way. The hop-on, hop-off highlights are wonderful, and they're the best way to see London when you first arrive. So go the first morning you're there, get on a hop-on, hop-off type of a bus. You'll see the red buses all over the place. And then you're going to see what you enjoy and what you want to go back to. Of course, Buckingham Palace is a total, um, is something you've got to do. You you have to go there. I think that the London Eye is pretty cool too. It's that, um, it's that big Ferris wheel looking thing that's sort of down. I think it's down on the Queens walk, but I I could be wrong. Um, That's a beautiful thing to do. There, you could also take a sightseeing tour. They, you know, they have all kinds of special tours. They even have like a Harry Potter tour where you could do like a tour of some of the famous Harry Potter things. But for me, it's all about the hop on, hop off red bus because it takes you to so many cool places and they're like 40, $45 a person. No big deal. Um, and you just, you know, you get to see all of the great all of the great starter places and you can decide where you want to stay. You could, you know, you might decide that you like Hyde Park or you might decide that you want to, you know, see more of Big Ben or the Tower of London. Um, so, you, you know, you might also find that you want to just get off and do some shopping and and enjoy some restaurants. But I love those. I think it's a great way to start in London. So what did we do? It's been so long. I know we, mm-hmm. we went to, was it Hyde Park? Did we go to Hyde we Park? We did that. We did the hop on, hop off first. It was the first thing that we like, we're like, this is so fun. And then we sort of knew what we wanted to do. We were there in the spring. So we went and looked at the tulips. We saw tulips everywhere. It Beautiful. was a big deal. Um, 
we also did a lot of shopping when we were in London. We went to Hard Rock Cafe. I think we thought that was going to be really fun. Um, I'm trying to remember what else we did specifically. We didn't do a whole lot of... Well, we were really, kids. We were yeah, poor, we so. were. Mm-hmm. But it was still it was still fun. We've been to Buckingham Palace several times, though. This was pre-Harry Potter, though. Yeah. So that's how... Oh, my we, gosh. Yeah. Has it really been that long? Yeah. My some of my fondest memories are Buckingham Palace. It's just the just the flowers and the I don't know the formality of it, and it's just so stately and neat. And it's that area is so very walkable. I have fond memories of that area. So that's going to be fun for Michelle. I'm jealous. One day in London, yeah, that's what you want to do, and preserve your energy. You know, the hop on, hop off buses allow you a chance to kind of get back on and chill for a little bit, get a little narration, and then jump off. Okay, Alvin N said, "What cruise lines do you wish would sail from your home port?" I'm near New Orleans. It's mostly carnival year round. Norwegian Disney for a couple months out of the year. Really wish Royal Caribbean would bring a ship back here. Sadly, they sold Majesty of the Seas. Oh, that's a bummer, Alvin. I feel you. Yeah, now that we're in Texas, I definitely wish Holland America was here. I would love if Celebrity was here. That'd be really cool. Now we have most of the other big names, though. Now we have Princess. We have Regal. We have Carnival. We have we have Royal Caribbean and we have Norwegian and we even have Disney. So we're just missing Holland America, Celebrity Virgin, MSC, and MSC, and and the and the luxury lines. Mm-hmm. None of the luxury lines are here. It'd be really cool if we could get you know a Seabourn or a Windstar or something. But it doesn't make a huge amount of sense just because it's you know they're Western Caribbean. So I feel like we're, I feel you, Alvin. You're you're in an area where you're near Louisiana, you're in New Orleans area, and that is really super limiting. So maybe come over to Galveston and, and check out some of the options because if you're over in New Orleans, Galveston may not be that bad of a drive, but you probably already know that, Alvin. So those are the ones I'd say I wish were here. That'd be cool. Yeah. You never know. Galveston's becoming very popular. So yeah, yeah, maybe New Orleans will be too. Michelle Barry said, any ideas on how to pass the time at the airport after a cruise when you have two to three hours to kill at an airport, not enough time to really do an excursion or what to do with your bags if you do have an excursion. So if you do have an excursion, the excursion provider is probably going to handle the bags for you. They're not going to have an issue with that. They're used to it. So don't worry about that. Um, You should be okay. If you can book a post-cruise excursion with the cruise line, they're going to build in baggage handling automatically why are you snickering because we're like we're like experts in waiting unnecessarily long amounts of time at airports this is what we do but Mm -hmm. we usually take some books yep a kindle yep something like that and we usually go to a restaurant and eat if we have lounge access we have a we have a credit card that gets us priority pass access if you can do that lounges are sometimes great sometimes they stink they're not that great we almost always build in a meal though. Not that I like doing that. Usually airport food is unnecessarily expensive and somehow disappointing, but we have had some really good dining experiences. Recently we went, we went to a restaurant in the Houston airport that was a priority pass restaurant and it, we had a bunch of priority pass credit. It was like $28 a person. It was wonderful Mexican food. And we were like, wow, this is unusually fun. But I would do that. I would just have a leisurely meal. Find a nicer restaurant, sit down with your bags and just order an appetizer or two to share or a meal to share and an appetizer 
And if you feel like having a cocktail, have a cocktail. I don't like to drink before I fly or really even when I fly because it just makes me have to pee all the time. I know that sounds horrible, but I'm one of those people that already has to go to the restroom 50 times. So I don't want to add any diuretics. (laughs) But um, usually we'll also, Junior and I, a lot of times we'll get up and just walk and we'll go shopping. You know, you go and hit like the, hit the mall in the airport I've also done little, there's massage places in some airports where they have like massage chairs and you could go rent a massage chair. Those are great. Um, But yeah, we are unfortunately very good at that. Part of it's because we fly a lot. It's also because we don't take any chances with when we get to the airport. We are like, expect everything to go wrong and get there three hours early is kind of our MO. And usually nothing does go wrong and you're okay, but you always want to build that time in. But it has. It has. And maybe this is why we are the way we are. Because there was at least one time where you and I were doing the literal running through the airport thing, like full breakneck speed. Yes. I was like to get to Montreal for our Canada, New England cruise many years ago. Thank so, goodness Junior wasn't with us because yeah. we would have had a hard time with a little kid. It. We would have nah. never made it. No, he's no, not. He's, he's, no. That's not his thing right now. Rushing is not his no. thing. He has no concept of time no. still. It's weird. Do you guys, can anyone relate to that where your kids just don't have any concept of time? Like when we're getting ready to go somewhere in the car together, we have like a shoe rack and like a mud room. A mud room is like a nice word for it. It's really kind of like a weird room where we've chosen to put our shoes. And, you know, Mr. Crucifix TV and I will like take off our slippers and put on our shoes in like 30 seconds. He's like sitting on the floor, choosing his well, shoes, let's just, lacing let's just say them he up. takes a while. You, oh, We my don't gosh. have to go into detail. He definitely takes a while. He does. It's but like, I think people can relate it's, to it's this. It's like five to 10 minutes to get him out the door. It, it is. And you know what? It also, it's an eye opener for me though. On as adults, though, why are we always in this big fat rush? Why do we have to be that way? Maybe it's us that's the problem and not him. Probably. It probably is. It's it's probably the time is money thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, totally a diversion there. But Michelle Barry, I hope that you have a really nice uneventful time at the airport. I don't know which airport you're going to be um, spending extra time in. Um, Brenda says, I don't think anyone ever talks about post-cruise, specifically unpacking and storage of cruise gear, those kinds of things. I know. And see, one of the reasons I never talk about this is because I've not mastered it. She has not. It is a hot mess. She'll just park the luggage someplace and then (laughs) start looking for the next cruise. Also, let's sit down on my computer. Yeah, it never really gets done all that well. So it's a series of very unruly plastic bins in my house. And since we've moved, it's even worse now because I in my old closet, I had like a dedicated area for, for all the travel bins and they were labeled. And now since we moved, I kind of put half of them in the barn and then half of them are in my closet. I hate my closet and it's old and decrepit. And so I haven't like owned the closet yet. So unfortunately, I'm not a pillar of exampleage, but I will tell you what I do have in the way of post-cruise storage of cruise gear and how I do organize in case this actually helps someone, but I'm not a beacon of influence with this. Okay. So my new thing is I leave my carry-on bag packed year round. That is maybe not very smart for people who only take one to two cruises a year because then you're just leaving a bag sitting in a corner. But because of the amount of travel that I did in the last year, for business though too, it it really wasn't cruises. It was like my business life back and forth between states and and seeing my mom and everything. 
I just kept that carry-on backpack. And I got to tell you, that is the biggest stress reliever because when you go to get ready for your next voyage or whatever, trip, flight, road trip, your toothbrushes, your toothpaste, your shampoo, your liquids, it, they're in a bag and they are ready to go. So you don't really mean clothes, though. You're talking about No, I'm about sorry. I'm talking about my flight bag. Toiletry bags. Yes, my, your my personal item. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Oh, good point about the electronics. Yeah. Chargers. Chargers. Cables. And- yeah. Okay. So toiletries, chargers, cables, anything that would be used on the flight. Hand sanitizing wipes, Lysol wipes, chapstick toothbrushes, all of that, anything that isn't clothing that goes in the personal item, I simply don't unpack it. That's my new strategy is don't unpack it. Then you don't have a problem with storage. So it does have to get shifted though sometimes. And those those things are like in separate bags too. So that makes it easy. Right. Because typically what we really do is we'll bring the bags in Mm -hmm. and like I said, you'll just take off. Yeah. I'll go do something else. And then you start doing laundry and open them up and just take everything out, do the laundry. And then all these things that are pre-packed, I kind of know what they are. I just put Put them them away in the designated location where I know you know where to find them. Right. So let's talk about those designated locations. All right. So here's how I store my stuff. I have several tiny plastic bins that are about the size of a shoebox in my closet for small cruise items. In there goes things like magnets and lanyards, um, highlighter pens, notepads, like little sticky notes, anything small, medallion accessories for princess cruises, um, a whole bunch of teeny tiny items and they're clear plastic so I can see through them. And that's where I store everything. I then have another giant plastic bin and I do mean giant. Like this is the kind you store your Christmas stuff in. Also clear for packing cubes. And then I have bins for things like travel bags because I am a bag lady and we all know that I have a gazillion travel bags. Um, I have a bag for my bags or a bin for my bags because I, I, I like to try different, um, what do you call them? Personal item type bags that have luggage straps that go over the trolley handle. So all that stuff lives in its own bin. So it is separated out in that way. But then I just put my clothes back into the closet where they normally go. I don't have a separate place for clothing. It's all about just that personal item bag. But I will say that's been the biggest game changer for me. And when we decided to road trip to Galveston last week, not having to pack my personal item bag was amazing. I literally grabbed one suitcase, shoved Junior's clothes in it, shoved my clothes in it, and then I just grabbed my bag that I had taken on the last cruise. I did take a few things out of it because it was a you know a th- three-night trip. I didn't need as much. So I lightened the load and then I just grabbed the bag and we were out the door. So when I get home though, the unpacking part is important because you have to refresh the stuff in that bag. So one thing I'll do when I get home within a couple of weeks, not the same day ever, I'll go into the toiletry bag and see what's running empty. It's usually shampoo, conditioner, and face wash, moisturizer. I'll put new sample sizes or refill those and I'll add a new toothpaste and a new deodorant to that bag and a shaving cream for my husband. Those are the things we always run out of and then we're good. Well, and before you, before we leave, yeah. usually check things like vitamins, band-aids, oh, yes. just to make sure. A medicine bag. We refresh exactly. the medicine bag too. And I, I hate that, but it, no matter what, if, especially if you're, if you're cruising in the winter time, you guys, if you're at cruising flu season or traveling flying, I'm sorry, but the odds of someone getting a sniffle or worse are there. Yep. You've got to prepare. We all want to avoid this topic. 
but it happens to us. I'm not exaggerating. At least once a year, one of us gets sick when we travel. There's nothing you can do. Especially when you're flying. Especially when you're flying. And it is unavoidable. So pack what you need and and keep that in there. So speaking of things yeah. that always stay packed and yeah. in handy, you did mention passports, right? I didn't. That's a great one. Okay. Yeah. I actually the funny thing is I don't leave my passports in that carry-on bag. I keep them in a visible place, like where I keep my mail and my to I have like a to-do. Um, what do you call those things? Like an inbox, like an inbox a yeah. physical inbox that where we put mail and it's out in the open. I actually leave the passports there because oftentimes you need your passport for something. Like you got to go and you're like registering for a cruise, you're registering flight. You need to go grab that passport. And so I just keep them out and then I put them in the bag and take them. Now that's another thing I didn't take when we went to Galveston. I pulled the passports far away and left them home because I only needed a driver's license. I was just driving in my own state. Yeah. Don't want to run the risk of losing. Yeah, right. So um, that was a that was a cool question. I liked that, and I wish I I wish I could say I'm I'm a shining example of how to be organized, but really I'm the worst, and things are really messy in my house. I'm I I want to be orderly, but it, it's really not pretty. I wouldn't say you're the worst. You don't think so? I think I'm, I think it's could bad. use improvement. I. I have too much stuff. And part of that is because of the work that we do on Amazon Live. Every month we buy new travel items to test and and share with people. And so as a result, I do my very best to donate stuff that I'm not using as much, but it is it is an unhealthy amount of stuff. Really. It's not good. So, we do a lot of we do a lot of donation runs. That is a fact in our household. And sometimes it'll be even stuff that still has price tags on it, which I'm not proud to admit, but it's just the reality. Well, um, I think all things considered, you are excellent at organizing trips. So okay, I, would, well, I would not worry about the post-trip Thank you. process. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Lisa Contreras says, I have a deposit on Sun Princess, summer 2024, Mediterranean. I'm wondering about port safety and excursions with current world events. And is there any way to keep current with any area threats? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Um, first of all, Lisa, I, I wouldn't worry too much about about travel safety in Europe at the moment on Sun Princess. I really think you're going to be okay. I mean, if you if you are concerned, without a doubt, book your excursions through the cruise line for an added layer of safety. But at for the most part, I think you're going to be okay. So yes, there is actually um, something that you can do to check and see what the current state of affairs is. And it is awesome, is wonderful. There is something called STEP. It's the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. And what it allows you to do is register your trip with the nearest embassy or consulate. And it's just a very smart thing to do um, to get yourself sort of comfortable and recorded there. And I know it seems like it might be an extra step that you may not want to do, but I really do think that these days it's more and more important when I used to work for a, um, a corporation, whenever we would do a corporate incentive trip, we actually um, were we were required to register with STEP before we went when we were going to places like Mexico and stuff like that. So there, um, there is a good argument for that, 
for sure for taking that time. It, you know, at least all, if you're not going to do that, make sure that you tell people where you're going. Your, your friends and family should know where you're going to be back home. So um, now to find out how safe the destination is that you're going to. That's a totally different website, different process, different website, but you want to go to travel.state.gov. So travel.state.gov. That is the U.S. Department of State's uh, website. Now on that particular website, there's an area that says international travel, and you can then you can there search for country information. There's a section called country information, and there's something called safety and security messaging. You can sign up there, make sure that you um, take this website with you when you go abroad, and you can also do searches for um, crises or travel alerts in those particular areas you're going to, which is important important stuff. So Lisa, thank you so much for that. Lisa, by the way, is going on an incredible cruise. Listen to this 14 nights. Oh my gosh, this sounds so fun. I'm so jealous. Barcelona, Gibraltar, Marseille, Genoa, Florence, Pisa, Rome, Naples, Santorini, Istanbul, Mykonos, and Athens. It's like a med and, and Greece combo. Glorious. Jealous. Sounds very cool. Yes. Very cool. Okay, Dale White. Dale's also going to London. This is so cool. Dale said, I'm spending three days in London and then taking a small ship with 89 guests, 13-day cruise through Northern Europe, France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Sweden, and Denmark in May. We'll have limited access to laundry facilities. Any packing suggestions? Oh, Dale. Okay, first of all, another lucky dog. Nice for you, Dale, that you're going in May because while it will be hot... Over there, it shouldn't be like August hot. So you're in luck because you're going to have a little bit less of an issue with laundry because you're probably not going to be like as sweaty, right? As if you were going in August. So I would definitely focus on wrinkle-free, easy to wash clothing. Of course, cottons are great, but cotton poly blends are also fantastic. My advice would be pack more underwear and socks than you think you need and go light on the rest. You will find ways to wash the rest, but if you have the undies and the socks under control and you have an ample amount of them and they don't take up space in your suitcase, right? You're going to be okay on the other items. So the shorts, the t-shirts, the jeans, the hoodies, keep them light, keep them foldable, wrinkle-free. And, um, Dale, I have a wonderful person I'd recommend you follow. I actually took a YouTube boot camp about a year ago, and I met this gal in there who's a YouTuber called Travel Tips by Lori. She's about my age, maybe a little older than me, actually, and her husband is a pilot, and she has got great international flight tips as well as some Europe travel tips. So follow her, Dale, and um, take lots of pictures. We can't wait to hear about your... Uh, your cruise sounds fun. Jody said Greek Isles cruise. Is it worth it? Oh, Jody, without more information, it's hard for me to answer that. But here's what I'm going to say. If it's your first time in the med or the, I'm sorry, your first time in Europe, I might do a Mediterranean cruise first. I might do a, you know, a, a country hopper where you're doing more like Spain, Italy, and France and see how you like that and then try the Greek Isles later or do what Lisa's doing and take a 14-night Mediterranean and Greece combo. There's actually really good deals on Europe cruises, you guys, right now. The airfare might not be so cheap, but you could do that. Okay, Melinda Page said, not a question, 
but I would really like a video where you actually pack your bags. Like the bags are on your bed and you're filling them up. How can you fit everything in carry on only? I can't seem to get it done. I know. And people often ask for this. And here's the problem. Melinda, I will do this at some point. The truth is often when I'm filming these videos, I'm doing it really, truly right before the cruise. Unfortunately, really, truly right before the cruise, we're also in a rush. We're like trying to get out the door. And it also would mean that we'd change locations. So we'd have to go from like, like you said, to, from the studio to take the things to the bed. So I had a place to put that, put all the stuff in because our studio is not made for it. But I hear you. And I've had this question before because people see us, I'll show the stuff on racks, I'll show you the stuff, and then you see the bags packed, but you didn't see me putting it in there. And I think people really, there's something they need to see about that step. Well, the trick for us too is getting them into packing cubes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be kind of a two-step thing. Time-lapse the packing cube process. Get the stuff in the packing cube uh-huh. and then get the packing cubes in the suitcase. Okay. Melinda, I'm going to commit to doing this at some point in the next six months. I think what we'll do is set up a time-lapse, though, of me putting things in the packing cubes because it takes a while. It's not quick. You don't want a 40-minute packing video with Sherry, trust me. We'll time-lapse it and then slow down when we get to the end, and I'll show you how I Jenga everything into the bag. See, I don't even know how you do it because I kind of, like, stay away from you when you're doing this process. Yeah, he does. He doesn't want to see me sitting on the well, suitcase and trying to zip easy. it. Yeah. I have, you know, I have, well, I'm a guy. She's I mean, a guy. That's, that's half the battle. Thank you. And you have you have more things that you're taking for the family. That's that, right. That Thank I just, you. I just don't have to deal with. Right. But mine is basically slap the pants in one packing cube, the shirts uh-huh. in another, and... Yeah, and he uses the exact same three packing cubes he's used for 10 years. They're holding up perfectly. It always looks exactly the same in there. And uh, then he has room for a like a little extra something, like a pair of shoes and maybe a small tripod. Yeah. But for us ladies, it's way more complicated than that. Okay, Melinda, I'm going to do my best to get this done for you. Um, Angie said, did you notice a bus when you were in Aruba? I hear there's a bus we can take around the island, but some members of our party don't want to ride a city bus. So I'm wondering if it's safe, clean, consistent. So Angie, I didn't notice one, but we just did a cab and I really like the cabs in Aruba. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, just sort of walk out of the area. I think there are buses, but get a cab. It's going to cost you 25 bucks to get to the beach in a cab. Um, but you can definitely just do that and it'll probably feel a little bit more private than you know a city bus than a city bus yeah so that's probably what i would do um and and i think this is our last question oh no this is not our last question sorry scott lara oh yeah go ahead sweetie how many do we have 13 or so why you want to do part two we might have to oh we're running out of time we have to go do our live stream Yes. Oh my word. Are we? Oh, guys, we'll we'll pick this up on Friday and do a part two. Good idea, Mr. Crucibs TV. We've got to go. We've got to be live on YouTube in just a few minutes, guys. I looked at the clock and we're like, oh no. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, friends. We'll see you Friday. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our awesome audience for these questions. Until next time, we'll see you on the high seas. Thanks for listening to Cruise Tips TV Unplugged. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at cruisetipstv.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Cruise Tips TV. We'd love if you'd leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to the show, and tune in next week. Until next time, we'll see you on the high seas. 
When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stenge Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.